Bible with me tonight to Luke chapter 6. We're turning in our Bible tonight to Luke chapter 6. And we're ministering again. I thought I was through Sunday. You thought I should have been through. But we're talking about how to guarantee your success. Luke chapter 6. Hallelujah. Now, I, I want to re- just state this. I've got some a new angle on it. I've, I've got off of that other angle about uh, confessing and uh, seed time and harvest for a little bit. But I want to remind you that guaranteeing your success sounds very complicated. It looks like a three-volume set with a small print, but it's very, very basic in the kingdom how to guarantee your success. You, we just practically uh, would have to look the other way to not, to not get it. And because it's this way, the natural always follows the spiritual. We don't have to do much if we'll just take care of the inside man. If we'll feed him, feed her, the outside will reflect that. The outward will always reflect the inward. So we're working on the, we're seeking first the kingdom of God and all these things, outward, inward, uh, spiritual, natural, and all these things, these natural things that the Gentiles need, those are naturally uh, very carnal and, and they'll be added unto us. Let's just state this for the record before we get going, is that, uh, that the world rewards talent. And they get, talent moves in the world. You know, I, I don't watch it at all. But I, I hear enough on TV to know that last week's star or big hit or whatever, they've moved on in seven days. And uh, the big movie that was just the rage last year, you know, we're not even thinking about that. We've moved on. So the, the world rewards talent, but the basis for what the talent they reward is always moving. It's, all, it's never the same. It's not like, well, if we could just do that or become that or, or whatever, then we would be that. But by the time you get that all lathered up and going, they've changed the goalposts, so to speak, and it's not even what's really hot. There's some crazy stuff out there that they're all lathered up and foaming over that, uh, well, anyway, I don't watch it. But so uh, they change the context. What's wonderful and famous and and worthy of pursuit is not even what everybody's pursuing uh, at the next juncture. But I will say this, that charisma is a vapor. Charisma is a vapor. And people that are so charismatic, and I don't mean in the spiritual sense, I meant just they're just the most handsome or the most beautiful and they got this and they sing like a bird and everything it's a vapor it does not last we all have lifespans we all have to put our britches on one leg at a time we all have to whatever people do to watch their calories or what everybody no one's exempt you can't get so rich that you don't have to sleep and that you don't have to eat right so sometimes often people's talent gets ahead of their character and it's always trouble when your character isn't as big as your talent because it goes to your head. Have y'all ever seen those people? It went to their head. But we could be in the same spot. We just have different elements that we think make us wonderful or make us this, that, and the other. And so uh, we get humbled every once in a while uh, from that. So I said Sunday that, we sh- that uh, success, success is being certain in uncertain times. That success is being steady in unsteady times. Well, how hard is that? Well, you don't have to invent the light bulb or or make the bullet train. All you have to do is be steady. 
because the world is shaking. All you have to do is be certain. You know some things. Don't shake. Don't, don't vacillate. Don't hesitate. Don't draw back. Just keep moving, and you will come out the other side a winner because you can't lose with the stuff we use. And uh, if we'll just stay steady and not, not be chicken little that the sky's falling and the Democrats are doing this and Congress is doing that, it, Afghanistan, it's all over everywhere. There's a big flurry about everything. But I can tell you, heaven's not phased. And if we stay steady and certain, we aren't phased. We've read the so-called back of the book. And all this stuff is prophetic. All this stuff turns out. And it's not going where they all say it might be going. It's going just right. So in Luke chapter 6, uh, I, want, I want to look at a good man. The Bible, I'm still on character. I'm still talking about character because it's so important. I can't get off of it right now. But the Bible calls a man of character, a woman of character, a good man. And in verse 45, it says, A good man, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. Well, if you have character that's right, you're going to bring forth a good life. But then he says, And an evil man, or an unbelieving man is what the word really means, out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. So it's the heart. He's talking about character here in the heart. He's talking about excellence, talking about virtue, talking about valor, talking about courage, things that are in our will that cause our faith to stay on. Keep us patient. Keep us like, I know how this turns out, so I'm not going to fall off. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to vacillate. Character is the key to our lives. And this is the source of our character. And so people have all sorts of character. Some people uh, uh, are better without Jesus than some Christians are with Jesus. They, ju they just, they're ethical, they're moral, they don't smoke or drink or run around with girls that do and all that sort of stuff. Uh, whereas Christians struggle with certain things. So that, it's not performance, it's not outward, it's inward. Aren't y'all glad it's inward? I can do that. Outward, I, I can't sing, and I don't look pretty, and all, all the things that the world's looking for, but I can build my character, and I can win through that. Proverbs 12, 17 in the Living Bible says, A good man is known by his truthfulness. So we're going to talk about that this evening. A good man is known by his truthfulness, a false man by deceit and lies. So here we have it. I can do that. Can y'all do that? Of course we can. We can put on, we can be a good man and by putting on truthfulness. And that doesn't just mean that you don't lie. It means we don't exaggerate. It means that we don't uh, have a little half-truth that's really a whole lie. It, it's much more than we get the big stuff because we're all moral. We're going to not lie about something that's overt, but it's those shady little things that cause us to hesitate to protect our reputation or not let somebody know we messed up. It's the little things that cause our character be, to be exemplary, and uh, that, that's what the Word's talking about. So we know, we know that character is built on a lifetime of decisions. It's not something you just order out, and here it comes, and they carted it in, here's your character. It's made by a thousand, ten thousand decisions and choices that we make every day. So our character either goes up by making right choices that nobody knows about. No, we're not telling anybody it's not announced, but we make right choices and our character is strengthened or we make wrong choices and we sometimes so wrong such a 
throwback that we have to start over because trust takes time. You, you can restore money, and, and, uh, but trust, there's no substitute for time. It takes time to, when you break trust. It takes a long time to gain trust. Most of your life, actually. And so that's important. So uh, characters like building a building. How do you build a building? Well, you start at the ground floor, and you put a block in the corner, and you measure to the other corners from that block, the cornerstone, and you just start building one level at a time. And you go up and up, and if it's a one-story, you put a roof after one. If it's a two-story, you keep going. And you build block by block and day by day. And that's what character is. So I can do that. I can do If you don't have to have it one and done, you got to bring the whole thing in here and make a presentation. I can't do that, but I can do that day by day. And when I mess up, and we all do, you just back up, confess it out, get it cleaned up, and then take another throw at it. The world can't do that. They're wrought, they're wrought with uh, guilt and condemnation, but we just take the blood and just get on with it. We just take the blood of Jesus and, and wash that out. Erase that. He sends it to the sea of his forgetfulness, and so do we. We just pay no attention to that. We're not arrogant. We're not, uh, uh, um, we know what we did, but we know what the blood did, and so we, we go there. Now let me read you this, these, uh, this building, building, well, how to build a building. Put a foundation in, you build it up. And the Word talks about that in Isaiah 28.10. It says, for precept must be upon precept. Y'all remember that? Precept upon precept, line upon line. Here it is. Here a little and there a little. That's how the kingdom works. Aren't y'all glad? It's not just a one final exam. You either pass or fail. Uh, Isaiah 40, verse 31. I'm going to read this backwards from the way it is in the Word. It says, they shall renew their strength. They shall walk and not faint. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. It, it, it's backwards in there, but the progression is one, two, three. Build, build, build. In uh, Mark 4, it says, the, rain, the, the earth bringeth forth fruit of itself, first the blade, then the corn, then the full corn in the ear. So there's a progression. It doesn't just plant the seed and then all of a sudden a, a near corn pops out. There's a progression, and so there is with us. So I'm building my character. I'm stumbling around in some areas and trying to get a hold of it and see what, why I struggle with some area. You and I both know what our weaknesses are, and uh, the devil tries to take advantage of those. But we eventually we master them, we subdue them, and we walk uh, ahead of them. In uh, Romans 12, 2, uh, it talks about renewing your mind. He said that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here little, there little, line upon line, precept upon precept, we build our lives. I, I am talking about character not specifically. And what I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about this, and I discovered in my own heart that truth is the essence of honesty. That you cannot, you are not honest if you disregard, discount truth. You have to be a lover of truth to be honest. Now, we can say we're honest compared to all these people, and rightly so. We can say we're 
We're, we're more honest than them, and we don't do like we used to. There's degrees and shades. But you've got to be a lover of truth to be honest. And people are not lovers of truth in a great sense, and therefore they're not really honest. You can't trust people that don't love truth. Because everything, you know everything has its price. Everything has a breaking point. Everything has a, uh, a level where you can't go past that. But a lover of truth will go way down the road and increase all the time. So I put down, I wrote down here that the degree of honesty in our life is the absolute expression of a man's character. So however honest you are means you're a lover of truth. That's the measure of your character. Because how do you measure a man? Well, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, he doesn't... He, he goes to church and all that. Well, you, you could say that's a measure. That's some things that, that uh, good character would do. But what's really behind the scenes? What's really behind and underneath all of our lives that measures our character? And that would be our honesty. A lover of truth. Can we all say that together? I am a lover of truth. And it takes a while to be a lover. You see, in services like ours that go over 40 minutes, generally, always, <laughs> that, that people that are not lovers of truth are not used to sitting under the Word that long. They just fall out. They just, you know, all the things. And yet we don't do that, not because we sometimes don't think it's a little long or whatever, but we love truth, and we're willing to take one hour in Sunday and one hour midweek and subject ourselves to the truth so that we not only love it, but we even feel like we love it. Feelings have followed our commitment, our obedience. We, we say, I will do that. I will go and I will sit and I will, or I'll take my word and I'll study this. I will do it without feelings and feelings will come. Have feelings come? Absolutely. Uh, but it takes time. It takes commitment. It takes things that, that purge us of dishonest things. And, you know, I, there, I had a pastor friend. I mean, he wasn't really my friend. He was, a, he was the Methodist pastor. But we had Minister Alliance in West Texas. And he, he, he was joking. He said, and this was true. He said, I've named my bed the Word. And that way, if somebody calls me in the morning, I can just tell them I'm in the Word. He thought it was funny. Not so much. So how a man or woman, we'll just say it that way, how, how, we, handle our, uh, how we handle truth. Someone said, well, how, was the big, big, how big was the fish you caught? Or how, how long did you stay? Or what did you do? How we handle truth is the measure of our character. Everybody handles truth conveniently when it's easy to tell the truth or when it's, uh, when it's popular. That's not really handling the truth. That's just flowing with what you want to do. But when, it's, when, there's a, when you get called out by Holy Ghost or you get called out by somebody and you don't want to appear different than, than what they expect, how we handle truth is the measure of our character. How we handle... And it's always in the clutch, isn't it? Unless you premeditate it. I'm going to tell them this and don't you tell them that it's different than that. How we handle truth is the measure of our character, how honest we are. Uh, John 8, 32 says, You shall know the truth. And what will happen? 
The truth will set you free. I looked up that word know, K-N-O-W, and it means ye shall know absolutely. So it's not a casual observer. Not someone that, yeah, I know that scripture. I kind of know what that means. It means to be resolved. You know the truth in a way that it is settled and resolved and unrefutable in your heart. It means to be sure. It means to absolutely understand. So that's the truth that sets us free. The word free, uh, set free, means to be liberated. It means to have no guilt or no condemnation directed at you. You're free. You can go. So a good man, and that's what we were looking at, that's how the word in the New Testament, that's how the Lord Jesus uh, talked about a man of character, a lover of truth, an honest man. He said a good man is a lover of truth. A lover of truth. We search for the truth. We're not just when it comes by and calls us out or surprises us and we didn't really want it to be, but we're loving truth. We, we pursue truth. We're not offended when truth shows up and it doesn't fit our narrative or our past or our plans. It, uh, we don't care. If the word is true and the word is true, we like it and we pursue it and we work on, we actually labor to get it integrated into our heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak and whatever the mouth speaks out of the heart, you create, we have it. And so we're very careful to put in, you can only have come out in words what you put in of truth. So, well, I can't talk about that online, so hallelujah. Uh, a, a man of character is a lover of truth. Now listen to these scriptures real fast. I'm just going to read them. Psalm 15, 4 and 5. Talking about a lover of truth. Those who despise flagrant sinners and keep their promises even when it hurts. That's a lover of truth, would you say? Those who despise flagrant sinners, so you're not a compromiser, and keep their promises even when it hurts, such people will stand firm forever. So there's a promise attached to character. There's a promise attached to honesty. There's a promise attached to being a lover of truth. You will, it says, stand firm forever. Proverbs 28, 13 says, A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. Let's read that one again. That'll hit all of us. A man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses and forsakes them, he gets another chance. So you got to believe that because most people say, if I admit it, I'm done. I'm finished. But the word says you get a second chance. And I can hardly tell you the people I know that would not own their, either their sins or their son's sins or something going on in the church. And it took it to the ground. They wouldn't admit it. They wouldn't own it. They wouldn't say, I messed up. I really did mess up. And I was, I was not paying attention. And I defended somebody I shouldn't have, even though they were my son. I defended them. And this thing, it took the church to the ground. They lost everything over that one thing. Because you know what scandal does. It just keeps going. But the word says there, if he confesses or forsakes them, he gets another chance. Proverbs 1.10, listen to this. <laughs> 
Y'all know this scripture, Proverbs 1.10. My son, if sinners entice thee, we're talking about being a lover of truth, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk. Don't you love that word? Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. We shall find all manner of precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. You go, well, who, who would fall for that? We have all fell for that in a different shade and degree of circumstance. We've all gossiped about somebody or condemned or judged or whatever. It's the same thing, shed blood. We're going to, we hope they go down and we should be ashamed, but we weren't. We're like, what? Everybody does that. He said a lover of truth will purge that out of his heart and say, nope. I'm not going to fall for it. I'm going to stand for righteousness. You know what Psalm 1, 1 says? I try to quote it all the time, and I wrote it down this, morning, this evening. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. So it matters who you're with, not just what you personally are willing to do. Nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. That's what we want. It goes well for that man. Even though we're persecuted. Do you all know we're persecuted for, for the word's sake? We are. Uh, more than you know. More than you know. But it doesn't matter. We pay no attention to that. So we said a while ago, I, I said, a man's life, a person's life, depends on the choices he has available and the decisions he makes about each choice. So you're either going up, we choose righteousness, we choose the word, we choose truth, we choose to stand against the, the seat of the scornful, or we choose to just say, ah, it's not that bad, it's, it's okay, it doesn't matter, it, just this one time, and we go down into the pit in some degree or measure. Now, we talk all the time about charm, and I wanted to bring it up because Dr. Cole talks about this in one of his books. And he talks about uh, uh, people with character, low character, and, uh, but they seem like they've got high character. They, they're playing this facade. And all their life, they're just, they're just almost perfect. But that somehow when they get older, people say, gosh, Uncle Frank's getting so crotchety, so gruff, so, and he says words, and I can't let the children be around him, and He's, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's crude, he's coarse, and all that. He sure has gone down. And Dr. Cole talks about charm. That charm or personality is something that we all embody in our lives to protect us, to, to uh, shield us from uh, things that we say that are wrong or, or things that are disapproved by society. We, we all have that adjustment. Do you all have that? We all do, whether you, if you don't admit it, it's just not true, because we all have things that we do to shine the best. Even our own children, we dress them up the very best, we take them and we, we tell them to say hello to grandma and kiss her on the ear and all that stuff. It's just stuff that we do that's part of charm or our personality. But what Dr. Cole said is that age does not dissipate our character 
age dissipates our charm or our personality. Suddenly, we're not cognitively able to, to shield ourselves with that uh, facade, that mask, that uh, what everybody thought about us. He's the life of the party. He's just such a great guy. And all of a sudden, he's over there telling dirty jokes or whatever. And you go, what happened to Uncle Frank? It was there all along. It was there all along. And so the message that I am endeavoring to learn and bring to you is that we got to deal with charm, excuse me, with character now. Don't wait until you, until it's hard. Deal with it now. You go, well, there's no consequences to what I'm doing. It'll be okay. Someday there will. Because you, you think you won't, but if you've ever seen older people or people in pain or people under pressure, it's not just the aged. It's all sorts of things that come. And pressure comes, and they lose that ability to facilitate what they were when they weren't that all, at all all along. So I'm changing my character. I, I am not changing it, but I'm in constant adjustment. I trust you are too. That I'm getting upgrades, updates all the time. And, and saying to myself, don't do that anymore. Or quit not doing that, Michael. Start doing what's right and start saying this and doing that. Things that, that I should be doing, that laziness or no consequence. What it really is, is there's no consequence for not doing that. Nothing immediate, nothing uh, that's nearby, but there is consequences. And so we have to fix them now. Uh, I found a scripture in 2 Timothy where I'm going to say, Dr. Cole said this. I read something. He said, God commits to character. God commits to character. It's not that he's okay with it. He commits to character. God likes character. And so uh, he doesn't commit to charm. He doesn't commit to talent. He doesn't commit to uh, uh, your station in life or your gifts or whatever. He commits to character. In 2 Timothy 2, it says, In the things that have hurt... Paul said, the things thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Let me read it again. The things that thou hast heard of me, Timothy, among many witnesses, I told everybody, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Now what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But what's wrong is the church... <laughs> I mean, the first Sunday that you visit, no more than the second Sunday, they got you in a job. They got you ushering or greeting or, or whatever. I'm not here to challenge that at all. But the, the premise of that is that if you commit to men of any stripe, you assume that then they will be faithful. But the Word doesn't say that. It doesn't say... Committing responsibility is precious. It's a gift. It's a, it's, a, it's a privilege to serve the Lord. And so, if you're faithful over little, He'll make you master over much. But you've got to be faithful over little. And churches have just said, it's a, it's a moving and living and breathing body. Put them into that. And you go, well, that's because they need it. No, their whole, their whole program their whole structure is based on a model that says if we can get them into a job, then they will be faithful. But many times they're not faithful. 
they fall out because they're not faithful and they've been given responsibility that requires faithfulness. And so who knows who it... I'm not criticizing. I'm just observing. If you think I'm after somebody, I just, I just want to take care of me. <laughs> it's just, I'm not looking at anybody. Just take care of me and I will be fine. We will be fine. And so uh, I wrote this down. I had lots of little things to write down. Oh, no, I got to, got to tell you this. Proverbs 27, 19 says, A mirror, this is interesting, the Living Bible says, A mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like is shown by the kinds of friends he chooses. You might not like this. It, it's just me. I'm not trying to get you to do this, but the other day I was with a pastor, and uh, he knows that I, I send birthday cards out to a lot of people, not just River Life, not River Church, ever. I have a far reach with these cards, over 100. And I only write them to people that I, I have something to say. It's not religious or, or I'm not trying to make friends with them. I want to impart. I do this at Christmas cards too. I want to impart. So I, I go into prayer uh, before Christmas and uh, then I sit down to my cards and I see what comes out. Now, most people don't know that I prophesy to them in the card. But almost always, there's a prophetic word in there. Well, I was with this pastor, and, and uh, I was telling him about the birthday cards. And I said, I have a list, but when I come to some of them, I, I scratch them off of the list. Because I don't have anything for them, and they're, they're, not, they're not receiving things. I just scratch them off. And he was, I think he was somewhat offended by it. Because it's like, well, you got to love everybody. Well, how come I'm the only one sending birthday cards to the whole world? Uh, and and you, could, you could have 3,000. It takes a lot of time to sit down and pour into a, a little two-sentence card. But that's what I do. Now, I'm not asking anybody to do it. I'm just saying that's one way I express my gift and that I encourage. I'm an encourager, uh, an exhorter, and that's how I do it. But I don't do it for everybody. And I'm always adding to my list... I added three people today, and uh, uh, this last week I scratched off two. But I didn't take them out of the computer because then I'll get up the next day and say, ah, let's go again with them. And I do that all the time too. But I, I'm not just trying to tell a silly story. I'm saying that we've got to have something to give people out of character. We, we should not flatter. Proverbs talks about the flatterer, that he, if you flatter, you hate them. And it's just not good to flatter. So if you hadn't got anything good to say, just say good morning. <laughs> uh, but in 2 Timothy 2, and I'm finished with this, it says, let everyone that nameth the name of Christ. Okay, let's gather up all those people. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Why is that in the Bible? Must be some people that name the name of Christ that have not departed from iniquity. And then he says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, the iniquity, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. There is a reward for character. Just, just turning your sails into the wind and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sail with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to sail with the Word. 
there's a lot of other ways that seem more expedient and more popular and more whatever, but I'm going to I'm going to purge myself from that and I'm going to seek the things of God even though it seems like nothing's happening. I'm going to trust God. And your character grows. Now, we said this Sunday, and we'll say it again, character does not grow by tribulation. But often tribulation makes you want to work on your character. (laughs) Character grows from reading the Word, believing the Word, and being honest with truth. So uh, just because we're in trouble doesn't mean God's working on us. Have you ever heard that? God's working on me? Well, He's not working on you. He worked on you, and now we're working on us. I'm renewing my mind. I'm fleeing carnal things. I'm, I'm calling things that be not. So he's through working on me. Now, I, I will say this when I said I was through, but uh, Proverbs 22, 1 says, choose a good reputation over riches. Can y'all say okay? Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. It'll pay in every way. It'll pay in every way. The faithful man will abound with blessings. That's talking about character. Amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? And all of these things, that's the cool part. The world is so complicated, but all these things are simple. And you think, well, it's got to be complicated in order to get a reward. But really, it does not. Well, thank you for tuning in this evening. We appreciate you here at River Church. We'll be back Sunday morning at about 1040. Tune in for us. But we'd love to have you. Just come and be a part of us here in Tuscaloosa.